welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Hello, Talk Tennis listeners. Today, I am joined by three WTA players, Sharon Fishman, Haley Carter, and Katherine Harrison, who are all super passionate about so many issues that directly affect them and their colleagues on and off the court. They are working to educate themselves and speak out on how they can start implementing change. So today, you're going to hear from Sharon, the environmental educational goat, Catherine, the superstar vegan, and Haley, who's been speaking up about pride and equality on tour. Let's go ahead and take a listen. We are recording this on June 4th, 2020. There's a lot of things going on in the world right now, so I actually just wanted to start right there. I don't know if anyone has anything they want to say or start out. Um, I know it's been a heavy week for most Americans, most people, most individuals um, across the country, across the world. So it's an interesting time for tennis players. It's an interesting time for people. It's an interesting time just in general. So let's just start off. How are you guys holding up right now? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's uh, it's not just an interesting time. I feel it's such an important time. I know I think 2020 will definitely go down in the history books. And, um, you know, there was a lot there's a lot of things being thrown around out there. But I feel that there is a lot of movement towards change. And we can be on either end of change. You know, we can be on the side that helps change happen for the better, because at this point, I feel like change is inevitable and that's, and as difficult as it is on the other side of this difficulty, I really do feel that that's where the best things happen. And, and I feel that if you have a voice, you have to use it. And with all these deep rooted things that are coming up in the world um, right now that are affecting everybody, um, I think educating yourself is so important. And I feel that that's been how I've been spending my time recently as well. It's been very heavy, but I feel so passionate about um, standing up for what's right and what I feel is um, going to contribute to the world changing for the better and going that direction. So it's been it's been heavy, but I feel that that's exactly the right feeling that needs to be at this moment for productive, good things to happen. Typically, you know, all this evolution in general happens when there is when there is tension when there is remorse and there is adversity and there is heaviness you know so i mean i i'm choosing to embrace it and and choosing to believe that that means we're on the right path yeah i actually want to interject real quick some of the work that i've been doing has been interesting and it's relatable as an athlete because i've been listening to a lot of coaches and athletes that i respect and have an amazing voice. And they continue to remind us that when you're training, the change doesn't happen without the pain, without the hard work, without that tough stuff. And, you know, like you can literally relate it to your training. It sucks. It's going to be hard, but you're going to push through and you're come out stronger and you're come out better and things, your muscle literally has to break down to grow stronger. 
So it's kind of been interesting as an athlete to kind of relate it to that. No, I completely agree with both of you guys and want to echo, I mean, what y'all were talking about. I mean, I've spent a lot of time this week just kind of self-reflecting and really seeing what I personally can do because I am normally, you know, I can be a keyboard warrior and post stuff about what I believe in and feel like I've done something, but I've really tried to kind of take it off social media during the last week. I've been learning as much as I can. I've been listening to podcasts, audiobooks. I'm actually in a book club and it's strange how it coincided. Um, We all just kind of wanted to become more politically and socially aware. And um, we started reading a book about two months ago um, about systemic racism in America. And it's just, it's kind of crazy how everything coincided. I mean, not that this is just some super recent issue, because it's definitely not. But just having that community of people to bounce ideas off of and talking to the people of color in my life and really being like, how can I be better? How can I personally help you? Like what charities are best to donate to? How can I like immediately take action? Because I would love to go and protest and whatever. But at the same time, it's like, if tennis does start back, I don't want to, I mean, get coronavirus since that's still a very real threat. Like, and I'm reading about all these things about how there's all these resurgences and different hotspots. And so I'm like, if I'm not physically going to go and protest and be there physically, how can I give any type of emotional intellectual support to this cause? Because like you guys said, I mean, it's, it's not going to get better without pushing through the hard part first. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in as well. It's hard to follow these two ladies, obviously talking about issues, uh, but yeah, I think kind of, you know, reiterating everything, I've I've become a bit, I'm always a bit of a sponge. I want to try to absorb as much information as I can and learn and always change my perspective, always try to grow in all aspects. And this has been so eye-opening for me. Um, you know, obviously these issues have been around for all of time, but, but to really, you know, see all of the things that are happening and, you know, read more stats and, you know, talk to friends and hear their perspectives. And it's, it's truly, truly crazy. So I think for me, the, the changes come in me becoming more vocal about issues. I think I always was very passionate about issues, but I never spoke up just out of fear of misrepresenting the people that are going through the struggles. Um, and now I realize that my, my voice is a platform and it is a privilege and I should use it. Um, you know, even if I misspeak every once in a while and don't quite say, say the right thing, I'm trying to, trying to do the best and trying to spread awareness. So I think that's kind of been the, the biggest shift for me this time around. Yeah. I, I think just to piggyback off of that, I think like everything, you know, a hundred percent yes to everything. Um, you know, to what, to what Catherine said, actually, um, my fiance and I did protest last weekend. So that's awesome though. But I mean, no, but the thing in Austin had like 60,000. Yeah. Yeah. I I will say though, that every, every person I saw, there were thousands of people on the streets of Toronto and I I couldn't find anyone that wasn't wearing a mask. Dylan said that he saw someone like far out there. I, I, every single person was wearing a mask. So I was really uh, proud of that, which was excellent. But I will say as well, um, with regards to what Haley was saying, like, yes, like we, I think that's one of the things um, 
transformation wise as a person. Like I've always been, um, made a point to be inclusive and I'm, I'm someone that not only is non-racist, but someone that is, uh, that really embraces and loves the multicultural multiculturalism. Like Toronto is the most multicultural city in the world. And that's the beauty of it. It's so beautiful. And I will say that this transformation in this time has not, has forced me to have those uncomfortable and difficult conversations. And when I'm having a conversation with someone, if there is something that's said, that's not okay, I speak up now and I've seen that I get reactions or I've seen that my friends look at me differently or that my friend group will change. But I'm okay with that because I feel that this is far more important than tiptoeing around people's feelings. Or maybe I'm realizing that some people aren't as self-educated or not willing to be, or they feel that they are too uncomfortable. And um, I think that's kind of, at this point, so dangerous is if you're, if you're not speaking up, then this change is not going to happen. And that's been such a huge part, I think, that, that I've noticed about myself growing in the last um, chunk of time has been it's 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 not it's when something is not okay um, I say something and that's very very important and I'm very um, proud to hear that these other ladies are doing it too and to what Haley said like we're not going to be perfect no one's perfect we're human we're all human but it's important to try it's important to have your heart in the right place and it's also important to hold yourself responsible and it's very very important to to be able to self-reflect and accept um, that you'll make mistakes, hear them, and then learn from them and keep going forward. Don't be afraid of it. Just be like, yep, teach me. I'll, I'll listen. I'll, I'll do my due diligence and then I will be better. We owe it to, to everyone. Also, I think it's such an interesting thing as professional tennis players, you guys are exposed to so many different cultures and you're traveling around and seeing so many different things. But that probably also leaves you open to meeting people or seeing and experiencing stuff that doesn't gel right with you or might leave you a little unsure. And I feel like maybe potentially in the past, maybe you've been somewhere and something weird's happened. Maybe you're checking in with another player and they're treated differently than you. But moving forward, this is an opportunity to be like, hey, what's going on here? This isn't right. Are you able to talk about any experiences that you've noticed this happen with tennis? I don't think anything specifically pertaining to tennis, but just Going off what you were saying about being fortunate enough to travel and see other cultures, um, I think that it gives all of us, I think I can speak for all of us, that it gives us a level of almost empathy that we would maybe not normally have if we were just confined to our small little social circles, our cities. Like even last year, my dad and I went, um, he came with me when I played a tournament in China and we were not in like Shanghai. We were in way out in the middle of nowhere, China. And it was actually about an hour and a half, two hours outside of Wuhan, where the coronavirus epidemic um, began. And we and like everyone there was just they were so nice, but they had never seen a white person before. And they treated my dad and I like celebrities and it was just the craziest thing to me. And at the same time, like 
every single person that I came in contact with there that was, I mean, affiliated with the tournament. I mean, they were the nicest people. We even made a friend. My dad and I started a little email pen pal thing with him and we were emailing with him throughout the entire beginning of the coronavirus thing. And he was giving us updates. And I, I heard some of my friends not like intentionally be mean, but just kind of make like, Oh, well, like it's, it's just in China, you know, like it's, it's over there. And I'm like, no, like this is affecting their, their lives. Like this guy that we were emailing back and forth with, you know, his, he and his whole family hadn't left the house for weeks. One of his parents lost their job, I think. And it was just, or one of his friends did. And it was just, it's really a lot, you know, but it, it's easier to become empathetic. I feel like when you expose yourself and become more familiar with as many other cultures as you can, like Sharon said, Toronto being such a multicultural city and everything like that. Um, But no, I mean, as you were asking, pertaining to tennis, I can't think of anything personally. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I would say I see it a lot with um, regards to, you know, because of social media, for example, whenever we compete, there are people that will jump online and say all sorts of things. So I definitely have have experienced it from that point. Um, maybe not as much to my face, or I haven't been in a situation, thankfully, where I've seen it in in with my own eyes in person. But um, to someone else or to another a fellow athlete, but I've definitely seen it online. I mean, people like to hide behind their screens and and give their opinions and feel like uh, very powerful when they're hiding behind all their gadgets, but. Um, it's, it's, it's absolutely unacceptable. You know, there's, there's so much being set out there in the, on the internet. And, um, you know, that's the type of, um, mentality that obviously we're trying to, the world is trying to evolve from and, and push forward and push through. So that's very much there in my experience. And, uh, I, I truly, truly hope that, that this is a change, um, for the better and that we see that. Um, completely dissipate at some point. I kind of go maybe a little bit different and say that, I don't know, I think we have to be aware that we are playing a majority white sport, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of, you know, players that I feel like are of the minority that maybe don't feel 100% like they belong. And, you know, maybe I'm speaking for them in this instance, but I think just, you know, being aware from our end to, to make everyone on tour feel included. Um, and to make everyone feel part of the family that is tour. I think, you know, I don't have any necessarily personal experiences with it, you know, from, from a personal standpoint, but I think if you look at Serena Williams and some of the things she's faced, not only for being a woman and, and voicing a strong uh, opinion on things, but because of her race and, and just the, the nasty comments made online. And um, so, yeah, I think just being more aware of that, you know, as we return to tour and, and realizing you know, we want to make tennis a sport for everyone. Yeah. And I think we're lucky to have some really strong black athletes in tennis that can help lead the way. And I mean, we already have Serena and Venus who are, I mean, iconic and great women and powerful and speak up. And we've got Coco Goff, who's young, and she is doing a great job of speaking up. And even on the men's side, we've got Monfils and Sangha. There's a bunch of players. So that's great. But when you actually think of maybe the percentage of minorities in the top 50, even, it's it's kind of 
interesting. It, it, when you reflect on it, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I sometimes struggle thinking about it because as we've been talking about, it's not comfortable. It's not something that you are comfortable talking about always um, for me. If, but if I look at the top 10 of the men's and the women's tour, it's, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't know where to go yeah. from here. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, no, I, I'm just uh, thinking, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's, that's definitely something that, you know, as you go down the ranking list, you'll notice that there are, um, there are fewer black tennis players, uh, both on the men and women's side than there, there would be, um, white, um, and other of other ethnicities. They're definitely, um, minority in that sense. But, um, you could see just, for example, like you said, Coco Goff in this younger generation, and she's just, she is a rock star. I mean, I, I am blown away by, by that girl. She is, she's not even old enough to vote, but like <laughs> she should be because yeah. my goodness. Um, and that's just encouraging and, and supporting, um, the multiculturalism and, 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 and we need strong athletes like her and, um, like the other voices on tour that we're seeing and to, to show that, that everyone needs to speak up and support and, and that, um, tennis, like Haley said, is an inclusive sport and that everyone, everyone is welcome and everyone has the right to, to play this incredible sport. And yeah, just that's, that's definitely the message that I'm seeing right now from, from the, um, athletes that are really, really using their platform to be vocal and, and, um, and unite. That's awesome. I don't know if we want to keep on this topic, but I was also wanting to kind of shift slightly as I can find myself with a very strong female voice and tennis for a female looks very different than tennis for a male. And there's been a lot of discussion lately about ATP versus WTA and how the ATPs run and how the WTAs run and what being a female athlete, what's expected of a female tennis player versus a male tennis player. And, you know, even the images that females are supposed to portray if it's on social media or whatnot. So I don't know if you guys have any opinions on tennis and how we're taking steps forward as strong, independent women out there on tour, or if you feel like there's still a lot that we have, a lot of work that we still have to do with that. But yeah. Anyone want to jump in on that one? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, everybody always has growth, you know, and, and I think tennis is, um, is definitely a leader in terms of women's sports. I mean, um, I, from what I understand, tennis is one of the highest earning female sports. And um, it's, it's just incredible, like the, the, the strides that have been taken since, you know, Billie Jean King's era. It's, it's incredible. These, these extraordinarily resilient, powerful women that have paved the way for, for our generation. And, um, and I think that what, you know, what we're doing now and the initiatives we're, we're, um, really focusing on and how truly strong our group of women are is, is just incredible. And I really hope that it just, I, I'm very confident that it's going to pave the way even, for, for an even greater future for our future generations. And I think that um, the ATP and the WTA, uh, you know, it's no secret that there's discussions about it uniting. And, and I, I truly hope that that happens because I think that that would be, that would be enormous um, 
for sport in general, I think it's, you know, there's so much that can be gained for everybody by uniting um, resources and uh, support. And, and obviously just the, the platform is going to be bigger. It's two platforms together as one. Um, and also it would be such a great role model, I guess, for other sports. I mean, to have the men's side of the sport and the women's side unite, I, I can't think off the top of my head of, of many other professional sports that have combined organizations like that. You know, we have like the NBA and the WNBA, um, the NHL and the WNHL. And to be able to merge the men and the women um, in professional tennis would be would be huge. I'm, I'm all for it. I think that would be phenomenal. Piggybacking off Sharon, I, I think I agree with her. I think we're moving in the right direction. Um, I think there's still a lot of room for growth uh, with many, many issues in the world and, and this being one of them. Um, but I think the cool thing about the WTA is we have great leadership right now. Um, you know, you guys know I'm a big Simon fan. I'm a big, I'm the world's biggest Ashley Kieber fan, player relations. So I just think we have great leaders within our organization right now. And I think we have great leaders on the tour. You look at Coco Goff, like we keep bringing back up, but she's 16 and she's the future. And, you know, she has a voice. And I think there's just so many players on tour and so many people within our organization that are pushing us forward. And I'm excited to see what the future holds for us, for sure. Can't really say it much better than that. That was my input there. <laughs> Can you guys talk a little bit about the WTA and how they use player feedback and how you are involved with giving them feedback and how they can continue to grow and take steps forward for the tour? Yeah. So obviously, I mean, all of this is super new and nothing is set in stone or anything. But now that we all have all of this time on our hands and there is no events going on, um, you know, the WTA is just looking at ways to get better, you know, and just brainstorming ways through, I mean, whether it's sustainability or a lot of other topics like we were just talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just trying to figure out how to push our tour better in or in a better direction rather when we do start up again. Um, since this is an unprecedented time, I think they're just trying to make something positive out of it. Um, and obviously, we're not like on the WTA board or anything, but, you know, we are the players. Um, so they do do a really good job of taking our opinions into account. So, yeah, it's been good so far. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, you know, for myself speaking personally, I. I've noticed that over the last uh, year or so, I've become more and more like a modern day hippie. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I'm I'm a 100% now plant based um, vegan athlete, um, just like Catherine is. And um, in this time with COVID, like I, I've found myself, um, for example, being a lot more interested and delving into the topic of sustainability and and like digging up things about. Um, you know, sports and sustainability and learning that like about 300 million tennis balls are put into the world each year and how each tennis ball takes 400 years to decompose if that and things like that. And, and how, you know, the amount of waste, there's like tens of tons that, of, of waste that gets, the, you know, put into an event. Um, by the end of an event, you know, that's how much they've accumulated. And um, it's just crazy when I start to see that and, and just, the WJ has been so amazing at um, hearing, you know, our concerns about that and like, hey, did you know this, that, like, what can we do about it? So that's been something that um, we've been talking to them about. And um, it's just really 
amazing to work with an organization that is really open to it and and is is noticing that and and uh, taking you know taking that as something that's very important and something that they'd like to look into and um, I just feel that you know sustainability is is definitely the way of the future. Um, you know, if any, if this pandemic has taught us, has taught us anything, um, it's definitely that we, we need to, uh, take our planet very seriously. Um, and I think that that's been something that like Catherine said, we've used this time to, to really reflect on that and self-reflect. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things in my life that, that, that's changed. Like my fiance and I got rid of one of our cars. So we have just one car. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's really helped cut down emissions. Uh, we stopped buying clothes. Um, so if we need anything, it's secondhand, um, repurposing or donating everything we don't need, things like that, you know, reusable water bottles, all that stuff, because you think about it in tennis, the amount of like plastic water bottles and, and stuff that goes, that goes into tournaments. I mean, it's like, it's about 22 billion water bottles that, that I know end up in landfills every year. And I, I, there's a ton of that that comes from sporting events. So we're, we're trying to be better. And, and the WTA tour is definitely listening, which is great. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm really, really following in these two ladies footsteps in this regard. I'm kind of newer to the, the sustainability initiative. And I've recently, you know, I, I don't even almost want to call myself predominantly plant-based because compared to these guys, I'm a complete slacker, but I, I'm trying to be better and trying to be more cognizant of my choices. Um, and just aware, like I kind of mentioned earlier, I try to be a sponge in, in all aspects and I'm trying to be a sponge in sustainability as well. So I'm, I'm super excited to, to keep working with these, these ladies on this topic and, and continue to work and, and push for these things to, to happen at the WTA level. I think the WTA has been great during, especially during this time and just communicating with us and, and really listening to, to what the players want and, you know, and, and trying to move that forward. So. I don't know. I feel like I've become buds with all the WTA during this downtime. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. Awesome. Kat, this question's for you specifically. And I know we've talked, we talked about it on the previous episode, but can you talk a little bit about how being a vegan athlete also helps with sustainability and the environment? Yeah. So for me personally, sustainability and going green, whatever has always been for whatever reason, something that's really important to me. Um, I don't know what got this bug in my ear, like, but it's always been there since I was very little. And I always, as a tennis player, especially a professional player, felt like a little bit helpless in the sense I'm like, okay, well, I want to play tennis, but it really does increase your carbon footprint so much because you're constantly taking international flights. I mean, even domestically, I mean, and then you think about just all the waste that we generate, I mean, with balls, with water bottles, even with clothes, which I didn't think about until recently, it's like, it's just so much. But then at the same time, you're like, well, what do you do? You know, like, do you just go sit at home and like with your solar panels? And you know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, so it's kind of, it's tough. But then I found kind of plant-based eating when I was injured in 2017, again, when I had a lot of time to reflect and do research and get into all of this stuff, my dad was already plant-based. And I knew um, that's a whole different story because of our family, uh, our family health. But um, so he was already doing it for that reason. And then I started watching a bunch of documentaries. And I realized I was like, wow, this is 
a way for me personally to make a huge impact on a day-to-day basis. If you actually look at the numbers, I mean, it really does give you a sense of agency in making an impact with the climate. Like, for example, I think it's something, it's either half a pound or a pound of beef is like equivalent to, if you don't eat it, it's equivalent to not showering for like six months. Just because if you think about all the water that has to go into growing the feed for the cattle, how much a cow drinks per day. I mean, I it's like 95 degrees right now in Austin, Texas, and I'm going through like minimum a gallon a day. And I mean, a cow is hopefully bigger than me. I don't know after this quarantine though. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, no. but, but you guys know what I'm saying. And it's like, those are the things that you just don't really think about. And once I really started digging into the nitty gritty and the numbers and you look at the CO2 emissions and you look at the methane emissions that are caused by animal agriculture, and I think it's somewhere upwards of 80% of even Amazon deforestation is due to land clearing for animal agriculture. And it's just, it it's very insidious. And I was never a big meat eater to begin with. Um, and so I was like, it was kind of a no brainer for me. And then my dad was already doing it. He was really excited for me. And I just, I don't know, it's something that made a lot of sense with my personal ethical compass. That's what it's called. Um, But I just made up a phrase. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so that's basically the bottom line is I feel like a lot of people get very overwhelmed when they look at this huge problem of global warming, of carbon emissions, of all this stuff. And being plant-based is very, it's just something that doesn't take a lot of effort that makes a huge impact. It's kind of just getting a lot of bang for your buck, honestly. And for me, it's kind of being like a lazy environmentalist, you know, because the more I get into this, the more I realize that I don't know, you know, like I might have to text like Sharon after this phone call, um, because I like, I'm just now learning about the fast fashion industry, you know, like I'm just now learning about so many different aspects of that you just don't think about in today's day and age that impact everything. So yeah, that's my little spiel. But in a nutshell, it's kind of my lazy way to be a quote unquote environmentalist, or at least like to think of myself as leaning that direction. Just to add to that, I mean, that's like Catherine said it all really, but I will say like, as also someone that, um, transitioned into a plant-based lifestyle um, in was it 20, it was 2017 for me actually as well. Um, I had a slow transition. I didn't sort of just go cold turkey, pun intended. Um, <laughs> but uh, I... Uh, <laughs> dad jokes. <laughs> all, all the dad jokes. But it was, a, it was a gradual shift. And I noticed so quickly the positive impact on my life. I actually switched initially to a plant-based diet for um, health reasons. Um, I was on a path of, of wellness and I wanted to figure out what um, what was best for my body. So I did a lot of like eliminations and, and things like that. And it just kind of organically happened to be a plant-based lifestyle. And then it was actually from then, from then on that I started to realize like what a plant-based lifestyle um, does to the environment and the impact it has and the positive impact that it has. And 
it was so um, great to, to, to know that something that felt so good for my body and my health was all, actually also very good for the environment. Um, it cleared up so many of my health issues. Um, I like touch wood, I haven't had any major injury since, and it's been a handful of years and I definitely struggled with it a lot before. Um, I have some personal health issues that, um, that were solved, honestly, 100% from a plant-based diet. So, um, things that, you know, people take medications for, and I used to take tons of medications for when I was a child reversed. And, um, from there I started, started seeing like, why, why isn't this catching on? (laughs) Like, why aren't people seeing it? And, uh, definitely living proof that, that, um, it's, a fantastic way to go. Um, not just as a person living regular day-to-day life, but definitely as an athlete for sure. Yeah. We're seeing it a lot more in tennis and I mean, endurance athletes have been doing this for a long time, but it's catching on in tennis. And if Haley's starting, (laughs) I know know I'm starting, it's a big deal. I'm the the big foodie of the group. Uh, but yeah, I'm slowly, slowly making my way, but I just think, I don't know. I think initially I was just so intimidated by it, but I think the coolest thing for, from Sharon and Kat is they just say one, one change makes a big difference, you know, just changing out one meal a week, you know, recycling that one extra thing, switching to a reusable, you know, water bottle, just one little thing. If everyone in the world does, does it, it just adds up to, to massive change. And I think we're seeing that in every movement right now, you know, we're trying to, to make one one post about, you know, Black Lives Matter, we're trying to do well, obviously, more than one post about Black Lives Matter, but we're doing all of these little aspects of change. And, and I think that's what we're trying to educate um, in terms of the sustainability realm. Yeah, and I want to add, I'm sure you guys know, because you are educated about sustainability and tennis, but there are a couple vendors out there that are doing their part and their baby steps, but hopefully that will start catching on. I'm sure you heard Wilson's made a sustainable tennis ball. I was, my mind was blown when they introduced it to us and we learned that you cannot recycle a tennis ball can because of the metal around the top. And no joke. I'm in my 30s. I've been throwing that in the recycling bin my whole life. And I was just like, wait, what? I couldn't believe it. And I grew up in California at the beach where we, we you recycle everything. So it was almost like devastating to find out that those cans are not recyclable. So they have a sustainable package and recycled felt and rubber on their balls and they last longer. So that's really cool. Adidas also, I'm sure you guys have heard their part. They started with Parlay. They've got prime green and they'll have prime blue, all recycled materials. I don't know if anyone's worn any of it, but it's actually amazing. It looks great and it doesn't feel any different. It's amazing. Nike has some recyclable initiatives coming. So I'm hoping that this picks up some speed in our sport because it is definitely a sport that has a lot of waste. Yeah. I mean, I, I just about the tennis ball um, stat there. Well, inf- piece of information about uh, how the cans aren't recycled. Like if you think about it, like something like 125 million cans are oh, ending up in the landfills every year. And that just, that's, that just stays there and it's crazy. So the fact that we have these sustainable options is humongous. And it really is like the way of the future. I mean, with climate change, um, our time is very limited. I I really feel that we don't have a lot of time to make these adjustments. I think that 
Um, something I say regularly is I think we are the first generation to start seeing the impact of climate change. And I think we're going to be the last generation to be able to do something about it. So it's really nice to see um, these huge corporations and companies making that shift. And, and um, you know, I think the more that uh, players, athletes support it, um, people with platforms support it, the more that it's going to be, you know, in demand. If, if, if that's what is expected and that's what's required, and that's what the demand is and people want, that's the shift that's going to happen. So I'm excited about it and, and um, I just can't wait to, to try it and, and, and see all the other innovative and um, creative products out there that'll be sustainable. Now, I don't know, are there any other hot topics that you guys want to talk about? In my dreams, I want to talk to you guys like once a month and have this like round table of like, let's just talk about the important things going on. Because I have other things I would love to touch on. I just don't know if we want to dive into them. You got to join our group chat then. That's basically yeah. what it is. Oh, 24 7. It is. Really? Because yeah. I'm like a mental health next on the topic. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's like a whole nother link. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's that's another podcast right yeah. there. Another hundred thousand podcasts. Yeah. Right there. Mental yeah. health, body image, like totally. haters on the internet, how you portray yourself on social media. Oh, I love haters on the internet. That's a great yeah. topic. That oh, yeah. Topic. It's been such a nice vacation to not get the angry DMs from the betters. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's, oh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I think... If there's anything like kind of just to to top it off with and just reiterate is like, I encourage everyone out there to educate themselves, educate themselves on what's happening right now with Black Lives Matter and that that incredible movement that's happening. Educate, read. We are in a time where there is virtually limitless information. There is so much out there and question everything. Read, question, self-reflect. Um, same thing with sustainability, same thing, learn about our world, learn about our planet. That, that definitely is so important and, and you'll be shocked and inspired and moved by, by the resources and information out there. And it's, it's such an incredible opportunity to have the time right now to really explore these things and, and see how you can improve yourself and improve your way of life and, and, um, I really do feel that like we can always be better. Every single person um, always has room for improvement. We are evolving every day and we're in a situation where we have the resources to learn about how we can evolve in, in many facets of life. Um, so, you know, I, I know looking back at my 25 year old self, um, I kind of chuckle at her and go like, oh my God, I, she really thought she knew what she was doing, but she didn't. And, you know, five years later now I'm almost 30 and, and I've changed and grown so much. And that's the thing. I can't wait to meet my 35 year old self, hopefully, and say like, wow, like you really did grow. And, and all of us have that and all of us should strive for it. So educate, read, learn, question things, see how you can improve, see what you're doing and see um, what ways you can do it better or do it differently, which could be better. And Sharon with the beautiful mic drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Seriously. <laughs> really passionate guys. Yeah, I no, it. I, yeah, no. Okay. Mine's definitely not going to be 
a percentage as eloquent. But no, um, we go off of, I mean, what Sharon is saying to learn and to also on both of the topics that we touched on, whether it is like the Black Lives Matter movement, racial problems in society today, or the environment. I mean, to just learn in a way that isn't ego driven at all. Like, if I'm doing something wrong, I want to be told even if I said something like in the earlier part of this podcast, I mean, incorrectly, I would want to be told I want to help I want to make things better. I'm a person that if I see a problem, it needs to be fixed. And my feelings don't need to really get involved in the fixing of that. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't easy becoming plant based, but I didn't really see another option. Because that was something that I could make a difference with. Same with everything that's going on in the country right now. Like if I'm not being the best ally that I possibly can, I want to know what I'm saying wrong, what I'm doing wrong, what I can do better in kind of in everything. But yeah, just I'm really, I mean, taking this time to learn, taking this time to reflect, all that good stuff, just trying to get better. Yeah, I think that was such an important point like this you know, self-reflection, it it cannot be ego driven. Like if, if I think that was a very, very mature and important message out there is like, it doesn't, you know, feelings don't need to get involved. If you want to be and improve, you're going to have to get constructive feedback and you have to be open to it, open-minded and, and, and just accept it and digest it and learn and then be better and be grateful for it because that is the path to changing and growth and evolution is there's going to be some hard moments. There'll be some hard facts that you need to digest and there'll be some hard times, but like that is direct feedback that you are growing stronger and you are getting better. Like that's good. Like embrace it, run towards it. It's, it's a good thing. And I'll, I'll just add one more thing. I think for the people that maybe are like me a little bit more reserved with their subs, just try to find your voice. You know, it doesn't have to be shouting from the rooftop. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be on social media. It can be as simple as having a conversation with someone about an issue. Um, so yeah, just find your voice in, in whatever small or, or big capacity that may be and, and embrace it because I find it so empowering and, and it opens that door to the, the educational aspects that, that Sharon and Kat touched on. No, I'm so proud of you guys because you're literally leading by example and are such great role models right now. But you need to promise me that if the WTA begins tomorrow, that you continue to have these conversations, even as busy as your travel schedules get and your tournaments and everything else. I think it's super important to continue this and continue to take each issue you know, step by step and do the work, no matter if it takes months and you take a tiny baby step or not, because this is how we'll progress. Absolutely. Yeah. You have our promise. Yeah. 100%, Michelle, you have our promise. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> oh, good vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to take over the world. <laughs> I know. Like, cue the Beyonce music. Yeah. <laughs> right maybe I'll go for another run I'm feeling empowered (laughs) no for sure um yeah I'm just like super proud of you guys and it's so cool to hear that you guys are literally doing so much as women as athletes as WTA players as I don't know just in general it's it's really cool and I'm proud of you guys so it's not always easy (laughs) 
No, thanks, thank Michelle. you for saying that. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, so grateful for all of you. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting.